The Israel Report with Rolene Marks. The main focus of the day, the challenge to the incapacitation law. Joining us on the line now to take us through all the developments during the course of the day, Rolene Marks, our correspondent from Israel. Rolene, good afternoon. Thanks for joining us. Good afternoon. Good to be here. Yeah, another busy day mm. in the high court today. Well, indeed, hold these hearings that are being held on the Prime Minister's recusal law, if you could put it that way. Uh, what are the, what's the latest? There's been so much going on, so many objections and so many opinions regarding that. Where do we stand with that now? Well, one thing that we have learned about Israel is mm. we are never short of an opinion or 25. Mm. So let's take a look, first of all, at what the recusal or incapacitation law is. And this was a law that was passed in March, which stipulates that the power to declare the prime minister incapacitated lies only with the government and uh, the Knesset. And that the um, the prime minister can only be uh, voted incapacitated if there is a medical issue, so on medical grounds. Right. And also goes on further to say that it requires the support of 75% of cabinet ministers and 80 lawmakers out of the 120-member parliament. Mm-hmm. And so... Uh, there have been objections to, to this that were put forward by the movement for, uh, for equality and, um, also, for, uh, by, by various ministers who have said, no, this is, this is wrong. This is, uh, all it does is, is, is it protects the prime minister who himself now, um, has, uh, law proceedings against him, has a, a fair amount of legal woes. And of course, we've heard from our uh, justice minister. The justice minister said that, you know, this is an attempt to uh, undo or, or to turn over the election results. Now, I just want to be clear. Nowhere in, in, in this, nowhere in people objecting to the proposed judicial overhauls or reforms, wherever you sit on this argument, has anyone ever asked for the election results to be overturned. This is a point that must be made very, very clear because I often hear people who are uh, on the pro-overhaul side saying this is about election results. Nobody, uh, People who don't like the government cannot accept their results. This is not about that at all. These are all very, very separate issues. And uh, Yariv Levine brooked a lot of criticism today for, you know, trying to push that narrative. And, and I think right now, given what happened over the weekend and the, the atmosphere in Israel and spilling over into the diaspora at the moment, we have to be very, very careful about the kind of rhetoric that we are, mm. are using. Um, and, and look at things maybe from a, from less of an emotional perspective and more from a fact-based clinical perspective. There were also demonstrations. So on, we, sorry, sorry, Rolene, I didn't mean to come in there. Carry on. Interrupt me anytime. <laughs> you were saying demonstration. Yes. Uh, so uh, can we see any more reaction on the ground? Where do proceedings stand right now? Well, there were quite a few demonstrations mm. and a protest outside the court this morning. At least four protesters were arrested. Mm. You know, we have mm-hmm. to remember Israel is a democracy and people are going to to protest. Uh, these um, uh, 
uh, protesters are, are anti-Netanyahu protesters, uh, and, and they've been saying that this law should be overturned. You know, this, in their opinion, this is a prime minister with legal woes, and it's a conflict of interest uh, for him to serve while there is this. Uh, recusal law in place. Now, those who are protesting the recusal law in the courts uh, have said that it's it's not a personal issue. This is not an issue mm. that they're not bringing a petition to the court because of uh, Prime Minister Netanyahu. They want to be able to hold all prime ministers uh, accountable for for any possible conflicts of interest. So. The justices have been hearing all sides today. Uh, they did break for uh, a, a quick intermission just a short while ago. Okay. Uh, I don't think they have adjourned for the day yet. Whilst on the subject of hearings and talks, uh, Rolene, uh, what are these de-escalation talks happening with Hamas all about and the Ezres, the Erez, I beg your pardon, crossing open? Sorry, am I throwing too many questions out there at the moment? Or can we just unpack them? Bring them on. You know I love me some questions. Okay. Well, the Eris crossing is one of the main crossings between Gaza and Israel. And thousands of Palestinian workers, these are workers with legal permits, mm-hmm. uh, cross through the Eris crossing every day to get to work. The Eris crossing is also used for uh, humanitarian um, reasons along with Kerem Shalome and uh, I think there's a there's another crossing that's used as well but because of the unrest, the rioting that has happened over the last nearly two weeks, the army closed the areas crossing specifically. Now these have been violent riots on the border with Israel and often involve setting tires on fire pushing civilians to the front lines, hoping to provoke the IDF in responding, throwing Molotov cocktails, throwing rocks, Mm, mm. uh, and and at least 11 Palestinians have been injured. Now, our defense minister, Yoav Galant, warned last night, he said, we don't want an escalation. We really don't want to escalate any kind of conflict. It's the last thing we want to deal with right now. However, and he said this in these ways, he said, don't forget Operation Shield and Arrow. We will, mm. If this doesn't stop, we will not hesitate to uh, do what we think is necessary. Now, coupled with that, we have seen an uptick after a lull of uh, two or so years of sending these incendiary balloons and condoms into Israel. Uh, it's sometimes in the past, terror entities have flown kites with Molotov cocktails attached. Now, if you are a kid living in the south and you see a balloon or a kite coming towards you, your first imperative is to, to grab it. It looks like, mm. you know, that's what you associate with parties and fun and, and play. And that could have devastating consequences. Wow. Uh, these balloons, uh, some of them have landed and set fire to very, very valuable agricultural land and um, natural reserve land. Uh, and uh, firefighters have been fighting blazes in the south for several days. Sure. And I was actually speaking to a friend of mine who lives in Ashkelon, very close to the border. And he said you can actually smell 
the smoke, wow. you can smell the, 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 the hideous stench from tires, feet, set of lint. <coughs> Excuse me. Are you okay there? <laughs> okay, Just Ronnie. A quick sneeze. That's fine, as long as Sir Barkalot doesn't interrupt us anymore. But anyway, calls for Ben Gavir to be fired among escalating deaths in the Arab community and for that matter, is that march going ahead, that protest uh, going ahead that he threatened for t- today's Thursday, right? He did threaten to, if for want of a better description, to march today. He he has cancelled it. Okay. He has cancelled right. his plans to to have this uh, uh, counter prayer mm, mm, uh, mm. gathering. This is in Dizengoff, and um, I really would urge people to read. There's a, an excellent article, as balanced as it gets, in the Times of Israel, written by Yossi Klein Halevi. Uh, he, he really has been extremely painstakingly balanced, arguing both sides, you know, understanding where religious people were coming from, understanding where, where protesters were coming from. Right. Uh, it really is uh, an excellent article. If I could find it in a second, I'll tell you what it's called. Yeah, it is called The State of Our Brokenness. That's written by Yossi Klein Halevi. Okay. And... Um, the, the issue that where the uh, minister of the national security minister Itamar Ben Gavir has been uh, called uh, to be fired is because we have seen this horrendous escalation of murders in the Arab sector. We have seen now nearly 200 Arabs of uh, both genders being brutally murdered, and the opposition have said. It's enough now. He he's not doing anything to stop this. He doesn't seem to want to sort this out. Uh, you know, he's there not just to ensure the safety of his own constituents, but he is there to ensure the safety of all Israelis. So I'm going to read to you the statement from Benny Gantz. He's the leader of National Unity. He says. And this is uh, with regards to five people who were killed in the north yesterday. He says, in Haifa, in the middle of a main road in broad daylight, uh, the murder today shows just how severe the neglect is and how widespread and deep the treatment must be. The current government who appointed Ben Gavir, who is busy with provocations mm. instead of saving human life, is not qualified to handle this problem. The Prime Minister must fire Ben Gavir, not only because of his actions, but mainly because of his neglect. What else is he going to come up with next, Rowling? We're going to have to leave it there. Thank you so much once again for joining us, and uh, have a blessed weekend. Shabbat shalom for tomorrow. Rowling Marks, our correspondent from Israel, bringing us the latest on what's happening in the Holy Land.